So why do you think God permits us to go through weakness? We want to be strong, right? Don't want to be sick. Can't afford to be sick, right? Don't you think it's because he's uh, teaching us humility and that we need to ask for help? So I might ask for some help reading some scriptures this morning as we go through this. Uh, Tony, could you turn off the lights that go over the, the screen, please? It should be labeled. Thank you, Tony. Sweet. Nice. So we, um, we had rolled out a, a vision that we talked uh, about. Matt has brought this up um, earlier in this year. And um, I live in a world where uh, it's important that I study motivation and behavior. Um, I've been a teacher for a couple of decades, and oftentimes uh, I wonder why do we act the way we do and what lies behind our behavior. If you go into teaching, you can't be easily offended. You can't be taken what somebody says as who they really are. And so oftentimes I would try to look behind a student's behavior and try to see what's happened. Uh, why did they say that? Why did this bring it up? And oftentimes there's a, there's a hurt that has not been healed. And so I, I take a look at motivation. I'll take whatever motivation we have and work with them from there on out. But when I look at motivation, it goes back to why are we here? Why do we exist? What is our purpose? Oftentimes when you ask folks purpose, they'll immediately jump to what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love God with everything we have, right? We're supposed to um, be disciples, make disciples, right? Those are what we do. What about why we do it? So that's what we were looking at uh, as elders. Uh, What's our motivation? What lies behind our behavior. So and one of the things we came up with as we studied the scriptures was that we exist to glorify God. Um, this is the core, the central focus of our vision that God has given us. Everything else is measured by this. Our highest duty is to glorify God and praise him in word and deed. So oftentimes if I don't understand something, I'll go ahead and check out what the scriptures have to say upon it. And so I'd like to look at the following verses um, and Terry, would you click it? So I've highlighted the use of the word, and then we're going to take a look at some of the meanings, and then we're looking at some examples of it. So Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I have another quote from D.L. Moody. Remember, a small light will do a great deal when it is in a very dark place. Here, another translation would be praise. If you're following along in your Bibles, you might have that translation. Um, But we are here to glorify God. We are to shine wherever we're put. And if we feel that we're in a very dark place, that's great. We're the light. That is to bring bring, uh, light and God's truth to that place. Then next one. Romans 21, 21 also uses it. Uh, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Here glorify means to honor, 
even a non-Christian needs to recognize that there is a God and that that God has done something for them. Uh, you can see the downward spiral that starts there in Romans chapter 1. Basically, they didn't recognize God and didn't give him his due. And so um, God lets them go. You go ahead and do what you want to do. And that's the scariest thing, I think, is that God lets us do what we want to do. Um, Susie's not here, so I can share it. She's teaching uh, uh, Sunday school. So um, she would be embarrassed if I did. Um, So her testimony, if you talk to her about how she met the Lord, um, she, as a teenager, simply wanted to find God and give thanks for the life that she had, for her family, for her health, for everything. She just, I just want to thank God. What a great response. And then God brought her to Jesus and, and gave her the gospel, and she immediately responded. But I thought, what a great response it is that she, in contrast to the people that Paul's describing, she wanted to thank God. That's a basic thing that God is, and he's worthy of our praise and thanks. And then the next one. Well, I think we skipped one. Can you back it up one? There we go. Thank you. All right, so 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Uh, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If you've ever wondered, is this right? Should I do it? Should I follow through on this behavior? One question is, to, is this for the glory of God? That kind of moves out all those things that are our petty interests, right? If I can say this is for the glory of God and not try to hide my own motives under that, it kind of unmasks them all. So anything else, whether you're eating or drinking or anything else you consider doing, consider, does this bring glory to God? And then the next one, yes. So uh, this is my overkill page. (laughs) Uh, When you translate this word, it's translated a number of different ways in the New Testament. And here's where I'd like to ask for some folks to help us read uh, some scriptures. Um, Mark, could you grab a Bible in front of you? No? Okay. All right. So let me ask, who would be willing to read scriptures this morning? Thank you. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Ramey, would you look up Hebrews 1.3? Larry, would you look up John 1.14? Doug, did I see that hand up? Okay. Uh, John 2.11? And then I saw somebody else. (laughs) So Denise Lowell, um, 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 16 through 18. So we don't commonly use these words in conversation. When was the last time you used the word glorify? Not that often, right? We don't use the word glory that often. So what do they mean? You go to a dictionary, you go to the New Testament and see how else it's been translated. So um, the noun, glory, it says, translated as splendor, grandeur, brightness, brilliance, radiance, majesty, reputation, and fame. Man, those are all good words that describe God. So Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says... Radiance of his glory is how Jesus is described in Hebrews 1.3. I forgot. Larry, um, John 1.14. <laughs> okay, um, so the word became flesh 
Yeah, so if you want to know what God looks like, take a look at Jesus. He revealed his full glory to the people that were there and passed it on to us. So Jesus reflects God's glory. John 2, 11. Who did I ask? Doug? Thank you, Doug. So the water into wine, the miracle there at Cana at the wedding uh, when he was uh, pushed by his mom, um, that revealed God's glory. Making wine revealed God's glory. And then, Denise, did you have the last one? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 through 18. Uh, through 18. Thank you. So the transfiguration that we had on the on the bottom there, there's many artists that have tried to capture it, but Jesus was completely changed. His appearance was completely changed as he was praying and as the disciples were sleeping. And then um, later on, they're told to, uh, to be quiet. <laughs> uh, so these are all words that use uh, the noun. And then when we come to the verb in uh, next slide, please. Jesus' ultimate glor- motivation was to glorify God. This is in John chapter 17 through 3 for Verse 3 through 5. Could I have another person read that one, please? Who else we got? Terry? Smeltzer? John 17, verse uh, 3 through 5. And the word, the verb means to honor, to render something excellent or illustrious, to cause the dignity and worth of a person to become manifest and acknowledged. It suggests something which radiates from the one who has it, leaving an impression behind. That's overkill, isn't it? But anyway, that's me. Terry? Thank you, Terry. So a lot of uses of the word there as he's in anguish, as he's praying, um, he says, he starts it off by saying, I did your work, and now glorify me with the glory I always had with you. So, next one. Oh, got to go back one. I don't know why it's clicking too. Yeah, here we go. So, I had one more thought, and that is, how are we changed to do this? From Second Corinthians 3.18, Paul writes to the Corinthians, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Another translation had the one on the right, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord, the Holy Spirit. It doesn't happen by accident. As we meditate, as we gaze into the face of God, as we Uh, think upon him, we are changed. 
If you wonder how come you haven't seen much change in life, how much gazing are you doing? How much uh, looking at the face of God are you doing? That's the way that God is going to change us. Now, one of the things I, I like is looking at the scriptures and seeing what they say, but that I also need somebody here in this world that shows me how to put it into practice. So I've got a series of contemporary Christians that you may know who they are, you may not know who they are. Uh, I'm hoping some of these connect with each of you. So let's go to Albert Pujols, a baseball player. Used to play for uh, St. Louis Cardinals, currently plays for the Los Angeles Angels. Last year he battled uh, plantar fasciitis. You guys ever had that? You know how hard it would be to play first base and have that all year long? Well, you didn't hear him complain, but what he said was, whatever happens at the end of the day, as long as I glorify his name, that is what it's all about. Wow. This is a powerful, this really spoke to me, uh, because I've seen all that he's been through. He does his very best, and that's his motivation. That's why he's out there. And next one, see if that's Roma. Roma Downey, uh, Irish actress. Uh, Perhaps you saw her in Touched uh, by an Angel uh, for, what, seven or eight years? And then she and her husband um, produced the Emmy-nominated series on the Bible that was watched by over 100 million people. So Roma Downey says, If I were to look back on my career, I think my greatest achievement is very simple. I've been able to make choices where I could glorify God. Turns out there's an awful lot of people that this is like the core of who they are. It's their, their basis for existence. So next, Terry. I'm not sure how to say it. Chris Jammy, Originally Chris uh, Gilbert. Um, <laughs> he's been described, when you look at his influences, uh, Soren Kierkegaard, Jesus Christ, um, G.K. Chesterton, Oscar Wilde, Diogenes, and Eminem. And so you think, oh, okay, well, he's, he's a philosopher. Uh, he's um, a poet and an existential philosopher and a designer. So Chris says, man was created to glorify God. Now that man encompass other things which God has planned for each man, but essentially man was created to glorify God. I thought, wow, what a, what a great guy. Next one, Allison Felix. Um, competes in the 100, 200, and 400 meters, won the 200 gold in London in 2012, three-time world champion. And she says, my faith inspires me so much. It is the very reason that I run. I feel that my running is completely a gift from God. It is my responsibility to use it to glorify him. Wow. Would that we all saw the gifts that we have as gifts from God, and here's an opportunity to glorify God. Now, some of you may be more familiar with the next one. Charles Swindoll, in a book, um, Rise and Shine, A Wake-Up Call. If your life is an example of glorifying God, others won't see your good works and glorify you because they'll, you'll, they'll know what you're doing is for God's glory. And also it says, ask yourself, who's getting the glory in this ministry? You see, if we do ministry our way, it won't be for his glory because our ways are not his ways. Whatever you do. Whatever ministry it is, it has to be for God's glory. Next. Emily Freeman is an author and a blogger, and uh, she has a webpage that starts off with, I'm all about creating space for your soul to breathe. She's written an awful lot of things. 
So from her book on A Million Little Ways, um, I don't believe there's one great thing I was made to do in this world. I believe there's one great God I was made to glorify. And there will be many ways, even a million little ways, I will declare his glory with my life. She does that with her, with her blog and with her words. And then this last one, you might recognize the younger one or the older one, Billy Graham. Oh my gosh, how far back does he go? The 50s? Uh, Los Angeles? Billy has a lot to say about glorifying God. <laughs> it seems like it's pretty core to him. Everything we do should glorify God. We glorify Christ when we live for God, trusting, loving, and obeying him. Our voices, our service, our abilities are to be employed primarily for the glory of God. When one bears suffering faithfully, God is glorified and honored. We glorify God by living lives that honor him. He just encapsulized it. So I want to throw up the last one. All right, so I, have a, I want to thank Pastor Matt for um, emailing me this article on Chick-fil-A did what on Sunday? <laughs> um, you know that uh, a gunman massacred, what, 49 people, wounded dozens more in Orlando, uh, Florida. And uh, I just want to read a couple things from the article it's not that all that unusual for in the Christian faith to express sympathy and compassion by preparing a country ham or a batch of biscuits or a peach cobbler. It's how we show folks that we care and we feed them. Honestly, th- I think we do a better job communicating love with a sweet potato pie than we do with words. Or if you are a Chick-fil-A, you communicate love through a chicken sandwich. And that brings me to a heartwarming story that has emerged from the afterm- aftermath of the Islamic terrorist attack in Alandro. Now, I should tell you that the folks over at Chick-fil-A are going to be mighty upset with me. They did not want me to tell you what I'm about to tell you, but it's a story you really need to hear. It's a story we all need to hear, a chicken sandwich for the soul kind of story. Normally, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday so workers can go to church or spend time with their families or just sit on the front porch in a rocking chair and wave to passersby. So when I received word through some of our readers that several Chick-fil-A restaurants in Orlando had opened their doors on Sunday, I was a bit intrigued. Two members uh, at uh, two nearby Chick-fil-A restaurants figured these folks who were waiting in line must be getting hungry, so somebody flipped on the lights and they started frying chicken. Before long, they were serving sandwiches and nuggets and sweet tea to all the folks waiting to donate blood along with a host of law enforcement personnel. We love our city and the people in our community, a team member wrote in the restaurant's Facebook page. The following day, many of the restaurants provided free chicken biscuits and orange juice to firefighters and police officers and first responders. We were appalled by the senseless crime that was committed this weekend, but we were part of a community that stands strong and stands together, they wrote on Facebook. So his question is, why is Chick-fil-A so generous? It's because Chick-fil-A's number one priority is not to make a profit, which they do. It's not to make the best chicken sandwich in the world, which they do. Their number one corporate priority is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us to have a positive influence on all who come into contact with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A declined to comment upon their activities in Orlando. So they did something that uh, stepped in the gap when people needed help. Next slide. Last slide. So here's what I want you to think about. As we think about what it means to glorify God, to bring glory to God, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to you to glorify God? And how would you describe it? Which of these scriptures resonated with you? 
which of these Christians' lives connected with you? And what would it look like in your daily life to glorify God? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've uh, spoken to us, that you've empowered us, that you've given us a clear path. Help us to stay focused on what you want us to be about, what you want us to do. But we know that the core, it's to honor you, to praise you, to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.